If we're being real, it's getting hot in here. Oven preheated to 350, baby. <laughs> I feel like 350 is one of the lower settings. But anyway, that's right. It's Hot Take Tuesday. Let's go. All right, you want to go first or you want me to go first? I got kind of a long one today. What about you? I'm not really sure. I mean, hopefully it's quick, but who knows? Whatever. You go first. You got a long one. Uh, actually, do we want the long one first or the long one second? It don't matter. You go first. It's fine. We'll it's, work with it. It's you. You'll probably have a long one. So anyways, I'll go first. All right, here we go. Diving right into it. My hot take today is that I think Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame and is probably the best hitter to ever play in MLB. What are your initial thoughts on that? Fine with it. Well, not, not, not hot between us. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, you think about it. I know the original thing was like, we don't want people that did the steroids in the Hall of Fame. But I mean, like pretty much everybody in Major League Baseball at the time was doing it. So he was just one of the guys doing really good during that time. That doesn't mean that nobody else was doing it. Pretty much everyone was. So. Yeah, he should be in the Hall of Fame, I agree. Even nowadays, everybody's still doing it. I mean, if you're still under the impression that professional sports aren't taking stuff to get a competitive edge, even if it's illegal, you're wrong. Flat and simple. But here's the thing. So with Barry Bonds, for all you guys that are probably arguing with me, saying like, no, he shouldn't be, and no, he's not the best hitter. I have some stats I want to back this up. So first off, I was 100% a massive Barry Bonds hater back in the day. Hey, was it because you found out about the steroids or just in general? No, it was actually because of the steroids. Well, yeah, for that reason, I feel like everyone hated him and that's why he's still not in the Hall of Fame. So I've outgrown that though, once I evolved and came to the conclusion of, you know what? Everybody actually is doing all of this illegal crap. He's just the guy that got caught with it. But also the stats behind his career are freaking outstanding. So throughout his entire career, he had 102 games where he hit a home run and stole a base in the same game. That's over 100 times. Dang, that's pretty dang crazy. That means he was getting home runs and getting on base. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't just a power hitter. He was also fast as frick. From the 1990 season to 1998, he averaged 36 home runs per season and 36 stolen bases per season. People talk about elite club being 30-30. Now it's starting to get up more towards that 40-40, maybe not even happening. But he averaged for eight consecutive seasons, 36 and 36. And while the steroids might help with the home runs, he still has to be able to get on base and then be fast enough to steal a base. So that's pretty dang impressive. Yeah, and now let's talk about some of his actual batting stats, which are the most outstanding. So in the 2004 season, which obviously 2001 and 2004 considered his best seasons, but in the 2004 season, he had more home runs than strikeouts. I mean, that's insane, because if you think about it nowadays, people are always striking out. If they're not hitting a home run, they're striking out. That's just how it is today. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in 2004, he batted 362 with 45 home runs and only 41 strikeouts. That's four more home runs than strikeouts, and he still had a batting average of 362. Not only that, but his on-base percentage was 609. Dang, that's absolutely insane. Man, I didn't even know some of these things, but he really did. Like, he has to be one of the best hitters of all time. I mean, that's insane. He got on base a ton. And again, yeah, he does get help with the home runs from the steroids, but he still has to be making contact with the ball. And he was basically not striking out. I mean, if you think about it, 41 strikeouts in a year, players nowadays get that in like 20 games. Are you kidding me? 
We'll go into some of the current players' strikeouts here in a second, just to give it some comparison. But that same season in 2004, he had 24 more home runs than he had singles. And he had 232 walks. 120 of those were intentional walks. That broke the MLB record for that season. And now for the craziest stat of 2004, he had more intentional walks than he did swing and misses. So he only had 92 swings and misses. We're not talking strikeouts on swinging and missing. We're literally just talking about when he swung the bat and did not make contact with the ball. That only happened 92 times across an entire season. That's absolutely insane. Why wow, you can't even like put that into perspective. Like that is so few times. That's absolutely insane. Wow. To put this more in perspective, one season Aaron Judge had over double the amount of strikeouts that Barry Bonds had swings and misses at the ball. That is insane. He has one of the best hand-eye coordinations and he literally always talked about how a catcher can catch a 102 mile per hour fastball and he always equated it to he's just catching the ball with his bat he's surprised when he doesn't catch it with the bat if you think about it i feel like more players should be able to do what he's doing i feel like more players should have that mentality of i'm just trying to almost catch the ball with my bat like he said like that's actually a really good point and i feel like more players should be thinking about doing that because i mean if you think about that if somebody puts up those kind of numbers of he only 92 swing and misses for a season like that person is a hundred percent gonna be in major league baseball even if they're only getting singles like that is crazy yeah i mean if he was just a singles hitter and never hit more than a single he would still be considered a great hitter just based on his contact rate and it's a completely different mentality when you look at it versus nowadays it's people trying to swing for the fences and when they get up there they're like i want to hit this ball as hard as i possibly can versus i'm just trying to catch the ball with the bat now it doesn't necessarily make batting that much easier it's one of the hardest things ever to do in any sports but that different mentality can be the difference between succeeding more than sucking so let me keep going through some stats because i still have a bunch more barry bond stats and those alone should convince you he's one of the best hitters of all time but his career on base percentage is 444, which is seventh all time. And comparing guys to him, I mean, only guys really ahead of him are Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Ted Williams type of guys. Like, we are comparing him to the top of the top in baseball now. And the level of pitchers also has increased since the time those guys were playing. Yeah, absolutely. It's no longer playing guys who are bagging groceries in the offseason. Not to take away anything from those guys. Those guys were amazing. So Bonds averaged 70 strikeouts per year, which is one every other game. And I want to put this in perspective because that sounds like a lot when you're like 70. That's a lot. But hold on. To put it in perspective, Aaron Judge, when he had his 60 plus home run season just last season, he had 175 strikeouts. That's 105 more strikeouts than Bonds had average through his whole career and judge also had in 2017 208 strikeouts so now we're comparing 208 strikeouts to 70 strikeouts that's a huge difference on a today power hitter versus the best hitter of all time you know what's kind of crazy hearing all these things it definitely cements barry bonds as a great player take away all the home runs right he still should be in the hall of fame after hearing what you're hearing from this dude. This guy is insane. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel about it, which is why I think he's one of the best hitters of all time, if not the best. So Bonds hit 73 home runs in a single season, which is the MLB record. 
he had 664 at-bats that year, but he walked 177 times. So the actual numbers of at-bats, because as you know, a walk doesn't count as an actual at-bat. So he had 476 actual at-bats. That means that every 6.5 at-bats led to a home run that season. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Look, at the end of the day, if MLB is going to let Bonds keep the record for 762 home runs, there's absolutely no reason that he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. And take away the records that he holds, he still should be in the Hall of Fame just based on his batting average, his performance. He was such a dominant player. He wasn't swinging and missing at balls. He was just that good. He was such a good player. And everybody needs to stop hating on him just because he was a juicer when 99% of MLB and all sports for that matter, everybody is taking something to get an edge. He just happened to be the guy to get caught, but take steroids aside of it for a second. He was the best hitter ever to play baseball. You know, one thing that's really annoying to me is that if you want to not have Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame, don't let him hold the records in the MLB record book. I hate that they're taking a double stance on this where they're saying, oh, he's not in the Hall of Fame because of this, but also he still holds all the records. It's so stupid. Make a decision. And I'm even fine with you putting an asterisk in the record book as saying this was the record before we started testing for PEDs in whatever year it was, right? I'm fine if you do that, but you can't have him hold the records and also not have him be in the Hall of Fame. Make a decision. Otherwise, it's just a sham. Yeah, I a thousand percent agree. They either need to make a decision and say, no, those records don't count or he should be in the Hall of Fame. One or the other. You can't have people holding records, breaking all kinds of records, breaking all kinds of records. Shout out Hodge Twins. <laughs> Are we now going to start going, breaking all kinds of records all the time? Maybe. Anyways, what's your hot take for the day? Well, my discussion is about NBA players breaking all kinds of records. <laughs> oh gosh, I can't believe what I just started. Hey, it's not my fault. Speaking of breaking all kinds of records, we need to get into some of the quote-unquote great playoff performances. So I know Curry broke like the most amount of points by a player in a game seven in playoff history. And a bunch of other guys. I know lots of people have been doing really good and scoring points and whatnot. But we got to put this into perspective real quick. First, I don't think those performances are actually as good as everyone is making them out to be. How so? So we need to get into how the game has changed. We all know that three-pointers are more prevalent, and we all know that the scoring averages have gone up. But we have to take into perspective what these guys are doing because everybody and their brother are having these types of games. So I'm going to start off with this. Between 1976 and 2017, there was just one season with more than 140-point games. That was 2005 to 2006. Wait, how many? One season with more than 140-point games. Okay. To put that into perspective, this year, the league broke the amount of 40-point games that the NBA has ever had. They broke it, and it wasn't even close. And I'll get into that in a little bit. That's interesting. I'm really looking forward to hearing that stat, actually. So, to put this more into perspective, between 2010 and 2016, the NBA averaged 49 40-point games. Since that, the league has averaged 123. That's what, 90 more almost? Yeah, about 80 or 90 more. To further that, on February 13th of this season, there were 136 40-point games 
by 44 different players. The 44 different players is the most amount of players to score 40 points ever in an NBA season. And the 136 40-point games to that date was only six less than the all-time most amount of 40-point games, which was 142 in the year 1961 and 1962. So what you're basically saying is there are way more people scoring 40-point games and way more 40-point games. Exactly. That would make it a lot less impressive for people putting up 40-point games. Also, at that mark, they were on pace to have seven 30-point-per-game averages by players. It ended up with six, but that seven would have been the most all-time. I don't know if the six players that average 30 points per game is the most all-time, but again, there's been a lot of people scoring a lot of points so these guys, when they're going out there and they're scoring 50, 50 plus or getting close to 50, it's less impressive because everyone's doing it. To continue, unfortunately, I'm not exactly sure when this was updated. I don't know if this has the last counts, but this year there was a total of 50 players that had at least one 40 point game. If you take only half of those players, the top 25 of those players, they had a total of 160 40-point games. That is a ton. And there's still, bare minimum, 25 more 40-point games to add on top of that. So, bare minimum, it's at least 185, if not more. And, again, the record before that was 142, which was in the 1961 to 1962 season. To further add on to that, 15 different players accumulated for 25 different 50-point games this season. That is the most since the early 1960s. And in this season, we had two 71-point games and two 60-point games and a 59-point game. So I ask you, if all of these players are going out there and doing this, if 50 players in the NBA had at least one 40-point game this season, is it all that impressive that we're getting all these high 30s, 40s, and even sometimes 50-point games in the postseason? No, it's really not. And that goes along with what you said earlier at the beginning of this, that the scoring averages are going up each year. At some point, we have to make the averages that players get less impressive when they're only scoring a third of their team points. Previously, that used to be close to half of their team points. Exactly. It's crazy to think about, but when that many players are able to have those type of games, is it impressive that those guys are doing it in the postseason? No. You want to know why? Because the average guys are having those types of games in the regular season. That's like if you're trying to get a number from a girl at a club, right? And she gives her number out to 150 different dudes that day. Is it impressive that you got her number? No, 150 other people did it. Weird analogy, but okay, I see where you're going with this. I really agree with this. I mean, at some point, it comes down to calling more fouls, getting more foul shots, poor defense, teams scoring more. And at the end of it, when average guys are putting up 40-point games in the regular season, it's not that impressive for your all-stars to be putting up 40-point games because everybody else can do it. I mean, think about it. Only the top 50% of the guys who scored 40-point games this year added up to 160 40-point games this season. 160. That is already more than the all-time record, and you're not accounting for half the other dudes that scored 40-point games. It's insane. Yeah, it really is. So not to take away saying they didn't have great games. They did. Curry, he had a good game. Jimmy Butler, he had a good game. James Harden, he had a good game. Think about it, though. We can't say... This is the best performance ever. You want to know why? Because the other dudes, Jordan, when he put up his numbers, 
guess what? They didn't have crazy amount of 40 point games during the regular season. So it's a lot more impressive when you do something that nobody else is doing versus you do something that literally everyone else is doing. 50 players, that means the starting five for 10 different teams basically went out and had a 40 point game this year. Yeah, it comes down to changing the vocabulary. We have to readdress what average is, readdress what good is, and then redefine what great is. While 40-point games are still good, obviously we're not saying they're not good and they weren't good games, right? Exactly. No, I mean, nobody can go and say that those guys didn't have amazing games. They did. They just aren't exactly the greatest game of all time because, like we said, if everyone is doing it, it's not impressive anymore. Not as impressive anymore. Sorry. Don't, don't come at me in the mentions. <laughs> Everybody's going to come at us anyway. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you say. <laughs> But at the end of the day, I think we do need to redefine that and we need to start raising the averages up that we consider impressive. It needs to be now 30-point games now need to be 35-point games. 40-point games need to be 45-point games. Like, we need to get that mentality going into it to view good, great, and the best games. Exactly. Look, we're not trying to take away anything from these guys. They had good games. But we have to relax a little bit when we go and say they were the best performances ever. Were they really? Gotta ask yourself that when you hear these stats of how many people are having those type of games all year. Well said. I say we get out of here before we make anybody else mad. Yeah, sorry for the long one. This is probably going to be like one of our longest videos ever, but wrap us up. <laughs> Thanks for watching, staying with us through all this. Comment down below your thoughts. I don't think I said that today. Oh well, did it anyways. Love us, hate us, man. Love us, hate us. We're just being real.